Hi friends and welcome back to week eight of our Exceeding Expectations book review. So this week we are talking about marriage and I don't think I've ever been more excited to talk about something on the podcast since I've started it. (laughs) And that's probably because I love my husband so much and he is such a blessing in my life and we love talking about the things and people that we love. So excited to share with y'all. Uh, to get started, I'm going to read the scripture that is in the book. So that is Genesis 2, 18 through 24. It says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for a man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call each, call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But still there was no helper just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he exclaimed to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, This one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Okay, so lots and lots to unpack there. Um... But I wanted to include this specifically for marriage because this is very close to the beginning of the Bible. I mean, this is Genesis 2. And for God to talk about something in Genesis 2, like clearly it was something that needed to be established at the beginning of creation, pretty much. So creation has already been created. But after that, God's like, okay, this man needs a helper. And I just think that's one, really significant that he would include this so early in the Bible, but two, really important that we go back to reference it. So there's a lot more to unpack in this besides just marriage. I did a podcast last year about uh, being a helper and what does that mean and what is that the Hebrew meaning of that word azer, which is what help means. Um, and so if you haven't listened to that, I would really encourage you to. It really, I think, changed my perspective on my role as a wife and mother and and who God created me to be. And that is to be a helper to my husband, first and foremost. Obviously, like it's to love the Lord, worship him. But like after that, it really is to prioritize my husband and my children and to be their helper. And when you look at it in a deeper way, like I kind of unpacked the podcast last year, it really does change your mindset. So um, all of that's important. There's a lot to unpack in general with this. But The reality is marriage is such a gift from God. It's a covenant. Um, God knew that man needed help. He knew that we would complement each other, man and woman. And he also knew that this would be like such a depiction of the gospel. So it's even more significant in my opinion that this happens before you know, Jesus comes, this happens well before Jesus comes, but God knows that this unity, this union between man and woman will also depict Christ's love for the church. So Jesus and the church. And all of that is just so beyond complex to me that it's like, once again, it just reminds me of God's perfect plan and his sovereignty and how he is just, his ways are so much higher than our ways. Uh, But I do want to talk a little bit about just my marriage and the blessing that it is and my husband and just marriage in general. And I know this chapter is not about singleness, but I do think that a lot of people don't trust the Lord when it comes to like providing a partner that is 
specially made for them. And there's a lot of arguments out there about like, okay, well, there's 7 billion people in the world. You know, half of them are men, half of them are women. So you think about like 3.5 billion people that are options. Is there really one person that God made for you? And a lot of people would argue no. Um, I personally would say yes. And, you know, I'm probably going to get a little bit of pushback on that. I don't think that there's pressure in that. Like, I don't think there's pressure of, like, to find the one. Like, you definitely at some point do have to just choose someone um, who you feel like God has called you to. But I do feel like God is so in the details of everything. Like, if he knows how many hairs are on my head, if he's collected all of my tears in a bucket, those are things from Psalms that David said, then he, surely he's designed a specific partner for me. And... You know, we don't have to agree on that if you don't believe that. But for me personally, that is my belief system. And, you know, I talk a lot about daydreaming about my husband. And I think that that's super natural for women. I think that women typically do daydream because of the culture that we've been brought up in to dream about marriage and our husband and all those things. But um, since I was a young girl, I've always had a desire to get married and to have a partner. And, I, you know, I think that it's very natural too for women to kind of like dream about what will he look like? Like, who will he be? And it's funny because God is just like so faithful. I know I mentioned in the book that there are many things about Johnny that like I would have never prayed for because I didn't even know that those were important to me until I got married. But God did. And I I think that it's so important to one, like trust God with your marriage. Like if you're not yet married, trust God, you know, to bring you that future partner that's going to compliment you, that's going to love you like Christ loves the church. Um, And to know that like he is good and he is more than capable of bringing that person to you. Now to those of us who are married, let's just say that marriage brings out the good, the bad, the ugly, I think in everyone. And, you know, there's so many things I could talk about in marriage. I'll say first and foremost, like my husband is my best friend and he has loved me so well throughout our entire relationship. He continues to point me to Christ, which is really important, which I talked about in the book. Um, but he's also a mirror and a reflection for me. Like when I, I feel like he helps me to kind of like serve as that mirror for my sin. Like he doesn't mirror my sin, but like when I look at him, it's like I almost get to, like he gets to reflect my sin back. And that's really hard. Uh, But it's also such a depiction of like the gospel. So let me kind of explain that a little bit. When I first got married, one, y'all know I'm super self-righteous. I'm I'm working on it daily. Um, But I thought, wow, I'm such a catch. I am such a good person. (laughs) And I was like, I am just like such a good person. And then I got married and I was like, why am I so mean? (laughs) And the reason I say that is because when I got married, I saw an ugly part of me that I honestly didn't even know was there. I was like, what is wrong with me? Where is all this sin coming from? And clearly it was coming from inside of me, right? Like clearly... Marriage really brought out, honestly, the best in me, but it also brought out the worst in me, too. Because I I think that when you're married to someone and when you feel safe with someone, a lot of ugly comes out. A lot of ugly. And that's why marriage is so hard, because you do get to a point where you feel safe with someone. And 
you love them so much. And, but when you feel hurt by them, there's a lot of ugly that comes out. And there's so much ugly inside of me that I was like, who am I? Like, where is this sin coming from? It was really humbling, really super humbling to be like, wow, I'm a sinner and I need some major help. And I got to depend on Jesus in this marriage because I am not a good person. Uh, and I can be really mean. And for those of you who don't relate to that, one, I just want to say, praise the Lord for, for that. That's good for you. Uh, I know a lot of women that can, can relate to it and be like, yep, I've totally been super mean to my husband. And it's just because of the sin in me. And that is so, so true. But the reason why I share that is not to glorify my sin, but to glorify the fact that my husband has seen me at my absolute worst. Like, we're at a point where he has seen me at my worst. I would say before marriage, obviously, that was probably my parents. No, he's seen me way worse than my parents have ever seen me um, from like a sin perspective. And despite that, he still chooses me. He still chooses to love me. We still choose to forgive each other despite the hurt that we, I would say, unintentionally cause each other. And I think oftentimes people talk about marriage in the context of like, oh, it's so good and it's such a blessing. And it is. Oh my goodness. It is the biggest blessing in my life. Like, because from my marriage, I got my kids, which are also the biggest blessings of my life. Like it is a huge blessing. I mean, it is the biggest blessing God has ever given me, right? But I think we need to talk more about the reality. Like marriage is hard. Okay, if you think that getting married is going to solve your problems, I can tell you right now, it is not. Um, It will not solve your problems. It will add to your problems. Now, your life will definitely be more abundant, in my opinion, but it's definitely not going to solve your problems. But what it will do is it will show you God's goodness. It'll show you God's grace, but it will also show you your sin and how God has given you someone that will love you despite that sin and that is literally the depiction of Christ loving the church. So it says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. And that is truly what my husband does for me. Now, granted, I think that we are a blessing to each other, but he's loved me through a whole lot of ugly moments. And I think when you choose to love someone like that in the midst of their sin, that is Jesus. Like that is the depiction of Jesus. And that's just really what I want to focus on today. Um, you know, it's such a joy for God to care about all of those little details and for you to love spending so much time with your partner and laugh with them and just do life with them. Like I got married really young and I think a lot of people were like, oh my goodness, I would never get married that young, blah, blah, blah. And honestly, I probably would have told you that too. Like I didn't intend on getting married that young, but like to grow up with my husband, to spend like basically to grow with him and not apart from him and then come back together is just like, I'm so grateful for that. Why in the world would I not want to start my life with someone that I love? I didn't want to spend any waking moment apart from him when we were dating. So of course I wanted to marry him. So I think to each their own when it comes to dating and timelines and whatnot, but I have absolutely no regrets on the timeline of our relationship. And honestly, it's just a testament to God's grace and God's love for both of us. Uh, Last thing I want to talk about before I read my vows that I wrote for my husband um, when we got married, which was a while ago, but it's just the do not be unequally yoked. So I'm going to read, this is actually from 2 Corinthians. I know the book says 1 Corinthians. It's the first typo I found, but there is a typo. I knew there would be one. Um, in 2 Corinthians 6, 14, 
It says, do not team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with the darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of a living God, as God said. So I included that because last year I really, really struggled with my faith. And if it were not for my husband, who is, I would say, like I mentioned, equally yoked with me spiritually, I really don't know if I'd be following the Lord. I mean, I'm even going through something right now that like I've had to lean on him for encouragement. He has had to spiritually lead us when I feel like I can't, I don't have the strength. Like I can lean on the Lord, but like he is leading our family right now spiritually in a way that like I don't honestly have the strength. Um, and I'm just so grateful for that. And I, and I think that's so important to hammer down because do not settle in marriage. Marriage is not the place to settle in your life. There are many other areas you can settle. I wouldn't recommend settling in general. But if you're going to settle, settle somewhere else. Do not settle in marriage. God is more than able to give you exceedingly abundantly more than you might ask or imagine in a partner. And in your own marriage, if you're struggling, God is more than able to heal that and make you come out stronger. So I had to include that just because of my own journey and really what has transpired over the last year with me spiritually. And I'm so grateful to my husband and for his spiritual leadership and for him really like stepping up in that season to lead our family. So the last thing I want to do is read my vows to my husband. And I don't really know why I'm doing this. I just think that I wrote these, you know, almost eight years ago and it still rings true to get today. And I think that it's important and it's a really good depiction of like Christ's love for the church and how I'm still growing, but like God just, I feel like gave me the words that he needed to give me for our wedding. So here it is. Johnny, when thinking about what to say to you in my vows over the last few months, the Lord led me to a specific piece of scripture. First John four sixteen through 19. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this is love perfected within us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. To this day and until my death, the only perfect love that I have and will experience is the love of God. However, the love he has given us for one another is the clearest reflection of the perfect love of God that I've ever experienced. There is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear has been and is the heartbeat of our relationship for me. Before you, I feared love with a man. From the first date to now, I have never feared love with you. You are the first man I've ever allowed to love me and that I've ever allowed myself to completely love with no fear of pain. With you, I do not fear the future. I do not fear trials, sadness, or change because I know I am safe. I know I am secure with you, and I know I am loved beyond measure with you. I am positive that I've fallen more in love with you with each passing day, and I plan on falling in love with you more with each passing day on this side of eternity before we meet with Jesus. I've never cared about a man more in my entire life. You make me a better woman because of the sweet spirit of Christ in you. You are the one whom my soul loves. As we take this covenant before God and his people, I vow to point you to Jesus every day for the rest of our lives. I promise to pray for you daily, to walk with Christ, and to hold you accountable. 
I promise to never look to you to satisfy and fulfill the needs of my heart, but to always look to our creator who is the only one that can satisfy my soul. I vow to serve and respect you, to be patient and to show gentleness. I promise to follow you, to trust your decisions, and to let you lead me and our future children. I vow my loyalty to the Marine Corps. I promise to always be faithful to you through every moment of separation and every deployment. I promise to encourage you with the word of God and with my own words. I vow to trust the Lord for strength while you are gone and be life-giving in all that I say and do. Through tragedy or triumph, I promise to love you, to suffer well through tragedy, and to celebrate like no other in triumph. I promise to give grace and to always forgive in moments of frustration or pain. I promise my loyalty and love to your family, whom I love dearly and am blessed to join. I vow to point our children to Christ from the moment they are conceived until I or they are taken. Today I love you for who you have been and who you are, but I am marrying you for who you are becoming. People change, and I know you will change throughout our marriage, but I know the Father is molding you to become more holy and sanctified every day. In every season, I will remember that the purpose of our marriage is to become more like Christ, to display the gospel, and to glorify our Father in heaven. I choose and promise to love you with the love of Christ every day until death do us part. I love you, Johnny, forever and always. Here we are almost eight years later, and I'm still basically telling you the same message. Marriage is a depiction of the gospel. It's a depiction of God's grace, God's love, and it's something that we should not take lightly. It's a covenant. It is his clearest, in my opinion, depiction of the gospel Um, in modern relationships. Marriage has been and always will be the covenant, and it was always designed to reflect Christ and the church. Last thing I want to say is, and I did not plan this, I always talk about God's sovereignty on this podcast and how his timing is perfect. And if you know anything about me, you know that dates are important to me. I just chose to start this at the beginning of the year, this, this you know, Exceeding Expectations podcast, and God just so conveniently happens to place the podcast on marriage on Valentine's Day. And I just think that that speaks once again to his sovereignty and how he cares about the details. And Johnny, I don't know that you'll even be listening to this, but I love you so much. You're such a blessing to our family. And it's my prayer that all of the women who are listening would also make sure that they trust the Lord with their future partner and that God provides for them in that area and that he heals any brokenness in marriages and that these women would be loved like Christ loves the church.